0: today's episode i am joined by leah kaufman most known from her wonderful equestrian line dapple bay and she is not only a creative equestrian entrepreneur herself but just an absolute wealth of knowledge on strategic branding and web design Her full-time career prior to going full-time on Dapple Bay was in marketing and branding. So we talk a lot about what a good website actually means, what it means to build your brand, and the less talked about side of marketing yourself online. Leah is a guest expert coach inside the Equine Photography Masterclass Next Level Coaching Program, where she's going to show you exactly how to have a website that converts leads into clients and how to build an effective brand for your business. Let's get into the episode. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera downloading a free app on my iPad and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the equine photography podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Equine Photography Podcast. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Leah Kaufman, um, I guess most known for her amazing equestrian company, Dapple Bay, but also of BlackBerry Hill Studio. Leah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Cassidy. I've loved working with you through the years. Um, I think you've really helped my brand uh, get recognition through all your awesome photography and video work.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, I'm excited to like chat with you in a public way today, because I mean, I guess most people don't know this, but I mean, I talk to you like once a week now and have, you know, on and off we've talked and you've really helped me through probably, I don't know, the last year and a half we've had regular conversations.
1: I think so. Yeah. It's It's been probably a year and a half.
0: Yeah. I feel like it was Around the time that my last Instagram account got deleted, um, I can't remember if it was just before or just after that, but that's
1: been almost a year and a half. So we're doing yes, good. It was I think it was right before that. Yeah, crazy um, time that felt Like that felt like the end of the world, but then it wasn't because you had a brand and a website. Exactly. Right? Man, what a good place. I didn't even like think to start here, but that is really <laughs> such a good place to start
0: because I did think I remember like there were tears shed over that Instagram account being gone. And you know what? It like had an absolutely zero negative effect on my business. I doubled my revenue in that year in 2021, I guess. So let's talk about that. Like, why does somebody even need a brand? And why do they need a website when you can just have Instagram and Facebook and TikTok?
1: Well, I think that's a perfect lead in because a brand is all about recognition. So you need a brand that's clear and consistent so that people really can, can know who you are and remember you. And then your website, the entire purpose of your website is to make you findable. So the two in combination are basically the foundation for any, any business nowadays, and especially a business that's primarily marketing online. So the brand that is recognizable and the website that is findable. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I've had people many times say things like oh you know a website isn't important you just need social media that's everything and I am always I always go back to the horror story of you know that Instagram account was gone in a second but it wasn't just the one Instagram account it's like okay well even if my Instagram account got deleted I still have Facebook and other social media um no my Facebook business page also got taken. My Facebook personal page that I had since high school was taken multiple Instagram accounts. So like I even had backups for my accounts that for some, I mean, I don't know, it was like divine intervention or something is the only way I can make sense of like six accounts that were not even linked or having the same email address were all gone. So, you know, I think that just like is my story in itself feels like good evidence for like why you need a brand and a website. But it kind of brings me to like, what do you mean by a brand? Because it's like, okay, if I'm Cassie Brook Photography, is that my brand? Like what is a brand and what makes a good brand?
1: It's such a good question. Um, I think a lot of people get caught on, you know, the visual or the name, um, you know, what it looks like, what the aesthetic is. But the brand is actually not defined by you as the owner of the brand. The brand is defined by all the people that experience, experience working with you, experience seeing you online. So the brand is actually something that is in the minds of your audience. So we can we can basically create that experience for them through all of the different ways that brands can be experienced. So yes, that's the naming. Um, that's the way it looks. That's the way that you do customer service. You know, that's the aesthetic of your product. Um, that's the experience of delivering the photos, you know, to your clients, all of those little touch points are what add up to create your brand. Um, so I think that's, that's why it's hard, right? Excuse it's like me because, elusive, sort of. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot bigger, and it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more relationship based than I think people might want to um, really own because when it becomes about this one to one experience with every single person your brand touches, that feels really overwhelming, right? Like it would be much easier to just say, "I'm this." And this is how it looks. And this is how the experience is. But that's not how the world works. You know, everyone's different. And so it's kind of, you know, it's almost like growing a garden. And I don't know if anyone's tried to plant a garden or work with plants, but you think that it's going to look this certain way and then you plant it and it's like completely different. Um, so so really with branding, it's sort of the same. So you can have an intention of how someone will experience, you know, what you create, um, but truly it's up to them. And I think that kind of points to why you would want to work with a branding professional, um, just because of the experience that they will have and guiding you through a process so that you can create a brand that's intentional for your ideal customer.
0: Yeah. I think that like, the word intentional, because whether you want to be like, you're like, oh, I don't need a brand. I'm just a photographer. Like you have a brand, whether you want to or not. And it can be up to you deciding how that brand is shaped or, you know, by the, by how you're doing things intentionally versus if you're just like, oh, I don't need a brand. That's something I don't need to focus on. I just need to take pictures. I think like the importance of being intentional, like I always think about You know, Walmart versus your shopping experience going to like Louis Vuitton, you know, those are both brands with very different, I guess, I don't know, is brand identity like the right word for that?
1: Well, very different um, target audience, right? So it's a very different customer. And so both those brands are kind of like extreme opposite examples. But I think we can easily picture, you know, the Walmart shopper versus the Louis Vuitton shopper. And instantly, we're going to have all of these assumptions about, you know, who they are, and, you know, what they would be buying and why, Um, But that's all branding. And you're so right that you have a brand, whether or not you (laughs) realize it or want to admit it. And so the process of brand identity is really just curating that experience for your ideal customer. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. I truly believe that all marketing is about relationships and connecting to people. And the bottom line is that's why you were able to be successful um, you know, without any social media channel, not only because you had the brand recognition and you did have the owned you know, channel of your website, but you had relationships, you had existing relationships. And I think that's easy to forget in a world that is more and more digital. But every time it's going to come back to doing your best and doing it well, meaning conducting yourself in a way that is authentic to who you are and truly in service of your clients. And if you can do that, you know, you're going to start with a brand that people can trust.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that, especially when you're first starting out, like I'm talking just from an equine photographer standpoint, but like, I wasn't thinking about, branding when I first started out, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get good at photography. But those, you know, I had done customer service like in high school and, you know, in college. So I kind of had the experience of working with clients and treating them well and like caring, but it was something that I didn't even realize I was doing by, you know, taking good care of clients and having good experiences for everyone from basically day one. And I think you know, some people just look at every interaction with a client as that, it's just that one experience, but that one friend is going to talk about their experience with another friend and it's going to spread. So it's like your brand is like spreading before maybe you even think about it. So this is something I definitely, I mean, I think, not, I won't say luck, but I feel lucky that I just kind of naturally had that in my mind, like to take good care of every client and always under promise and over deliver for clients. But there's some people that maybe don't have that. And I think like, this is such an important conversation for people. Like you want to, you want to start out with that great brand where people recognize it and have good associations with it instead of having to like fix it in year two.
1: Hmm. Well, and I feel like you—you know—if you're starting out as a photographer, you're probably either a go-getter like you were, Cassidy, and really like, you know, making photo shoots happen and building relationships and getting referrals. But the other side of the coin might be somebody who doesn't feel as confident, maybe is a little bit more introverted. Um, but I think that in building the brand, you could gain some confidence because you've decided for yourself, you know what your values are, what you stand for, the type of work you do, and also kind of narrowed in on who your ideal customer would be. So then when you do go to you know seek clients or work, having that brand is going to basically give you the tools you need to communicate clearly and confidently about what you have to offer. So, so yes, I think it's a great way to package what you're doing already or put something together so that you can be confident going into the world of having a business, which I think that when you have a business, you got to focus on the fact that you need to get customers. (laughs) and That's really the point of a a brand. Truly. It's so that you can have an actual business that makes money. I, I, yeah, I
0: love that so much. And so the things that came up for me while you were talking about that, like having the confidence and stuff, like there is such a sense of peace when you have, you know, okay. So when you're an entrepreneur, it's, Typically just you. There's not a boss above you saying, Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z today. And I'm just gonna use like a really basic level example. But Leah recently redid all the branding for the Equine Photography Academy. And one of my absolute favorite parts about it is like she set up, I can use these colors, I can use these fonts, I have variations of logos, I have templates for things. And It's like this relief of one less decision I have to make every day. Because as an entrepreneur, like I think of myself as the CEO of Cassie Brook Photography and the Equine Photography Academy, and that's a really big hat to wear. So any time I can take a decision off my plate, like for me going to the gym six days a week it's not a decision i make every day it's just something that i'm going to do so it it's a relief because i don't have to make that decision and with like you rebranding everything for me leah and giving me this sort of like framework it's such a relief to not have to make that type of decision and even though yes like picking out the color scheme for my next canva template sounds like not a big deal or a big decision when you're making you know hundreds of little decisions and some big decisions every day it really does make a difference. So when you have this like brand and you have, you know, like, okay, this is what my brand stands for. This is who it serves. It's like a major big question that you don't have to answer every day.
1: Yeah. It's so true. Just having the structure gives, um, not only that consistency, like for your audience that's, you know, seeing, what you're creating, but it gives consistency for you too, because I don't know, maybe you could even batch create things with a set of templates instead of having to, you know, create things one off, which is such a great time saver. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably the most slippery slope for like when we're talking about branding and websites for photographers specifically um, you know, photographers are creative. So I think, yes, you can go into Canva and there's so many templates available and 50 billion fonts. Um, (laughs) but the problem there is that that's actually very confusing to your audience and you have to be kind of boring and you have to be pretty consistent and straightforward in order to have effective marketing. Um, Consumers are just bombarded with visuals pretty much constantly, you know, on our devices. And then every store you go into, it's every brand competing for your attention all the time. So if, you know, Cassidy is blasting things that are pink and then green and then black and white with different fonts, it's going to become confusing. You know, is that Cassidy or was that Cassie, the photographer? Because Cassie, the photographer, was also using something that was black and white that looked kind of similar. Um, so that's kind of the trap of her modern marketing mix that we face every day. So, as a brand, you've got that control. You got to be consistent. You got to be boring. And the way to do that is through a very structured brand framework.
0: Yeah, I love that. And like circling back to, photographers are in general creative people, but you know, what are your thoughts on that for to have a good website, to have a good, you know, brand in general, is that all it takes? Do you just need to be a creative person?
1: No. So actually I think it's kind of the opposite. Um, Most design is functional. And I think that, you know, as a designer, you know, by training, most of my training was actually based on like visual hierarchy, and how to make typography legible and clear. Um, Same with web design. So understanding the hierarchy of the information on a page and how people read. Um, So most of my training was actually not creative at all, and more about how people consume information. And, you know, that's actually been a really interesting field of study over the past, you know, let's see, when did I graduate? Over 15 years ago. But, you know, when I was in school, we were just designing websites for desktops. But now that experience has transitioned to a mobile phone um, with so much more capability and functionality. Um, So this the space has evolved really quickly. It's called user interface design. But that is much less creative than you might think it's very um it's research driven um it's based on statistics um data and looking at how you know how people consume information so a designer is going to come in and help you simplify and streamline and get your message across in a way that's effective, or I should say a good designer is actually going to start with the information um, because the goal is going to probably be sales. So with that as the goal, it's less important what the website looks like and much more important that when that customer or potential customer arrives on your website their questions are answered right as they come up. So who is this person? What's their style? Where are they? Are they available? And how do I contact them are probably what's on their mind. So if your website isn't answering those questions within one and a half seconds, it's probably not serving you. And I think that's where a creative person is going to get more distracted by, well, which image is the one that I love the most and what colors are best. I feel and, called out by that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably like none of those questions answered until the person is like digging through the website and then maybe goes on Facebook and ends up typing in your name because then on your Facebook page, you were like forced to enter your, you know, contact information. Um, Cause I think that that's probably a typical pathway that someone would, would go down. You know, if they're on a website that is, okay, it's cool looking, but you know, how do I get in touch with this person? They're gonna either Google you or type you into Facebook. And both of those platforms, if you'll notice, populate that information right up right up, up at the top. So Google Maps listings are right there. And then on a Facebook business page, it's like the information um, <laughs> is right the first thing that you see. Um, so yeah, I just think that as a creative, it's easy to get distracted by all of the beautiful visuals. And, you know, you spend so much time curating and developing your aesthetic. Um, but unfortunately, it's really the unsexy details that are going to help you have a successful brand and website.
0: Oh my gosh. You con- Even though like, okay, maybe I shouldn't admit this because we've been like you know, chatting about this stuff for a year and a half, but I feel personally victimized by the looking for the pretty picture to be on the top and the colors. (laughs) And I know you probably passed out when you looked at my website the first time and saw like a hundred different fonts. And I will preface this by saying like Leah has not redone my Cassidy Brook photography website. That is something that is in the works and coming up next. She has only redone the equine photography Academy one to this point. We prioritize that. So, but I feel like this is all stuff that even I'm in like year five of being a photographer is still like kind of blowing my mind a little bit because I think we get so caught up like, and as a creative person, it's like in the visual and like, oh, is it beautiful? And not like, well, how hard is it for a potential client to get in touch with me? Do they even know like, you know, what the process is for booking a shoot for me? Like, do they know that I'm a photographer? Do they know what, like what area I serve, but it's like, my mind is, I legitimately, and I think I emailed you or texted you about this and was like, I just spent three hours trying to pick the picture for the top of the website and I can't pick it. So I give up. <laughs> that's not even important. And then it's like, that's not even the important thing. Like, and it's just, I don't know. It's all blowing my mind. So hopefully it's blowing some other people's minds in like all the best ways.
1: Well, and you know, it's a balance of both, right? Because you're going to get hired ultimately because of your work and you know, I am a creative person too at heart, but as a designer, you know, this is my struggle and my balance balancing act that I do, um, for customers, but ultimately it should all be about like what the goal is. So for your equine photography Academy site, the goal isn't just to get someone to hire you for whatever, right. That's actually not really the goal. The goal is to teach people about the offerings that you have and bring them into your funnel. So if someone thinks that it might be for them, it has enough information, it has some free resources, it has a place for them to sign up to get more information and you're capturing their information so that you can make sure, you know, is this person a fit for my equine photography academy or is this person a fit for the black background masterclass or maybe they aren't ready for it and maybe you know they're just gonna be on my email list for a while until they're ready to dive in and make this a career. So, so that's the job of your website, right? Is to meet those potential customers kind of at their different levels of where they are in your funnel and have the information and opportunity for them to either learn more, get on a list, um, so that they can move down that funnel and become a customer, Um, so yeah, so that should be the intent of your website and your brand should should really be what guides them.
0: Yeah, 100%. So let's say someone is like just starting out in equine photography and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, are, you know, like I think information is wonderful and it can overwhelm people. So let's say like they're just starting out and they're like, oh my gosh, I need like a brand now. I don't even know where to begin. Is this something that you recommend, you know, when you're first starting, like, should you have a developer do your website and, you know, make like a brand, I don't know if brand strategy is the right word, or is it something that they should do themselves? Is there, you know, resources you recommend? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it depends on you know, your initial ability to invest in your business. I don't want to say that no, you shouldn't hire a designer and a developer to make you a gorgeous, you know, logo and functional website right from the get go. Because if you can afford that, and that's part of your business plan, then I think 100% that's the right way to start. But I don't think you have to. I think so much of you know what we talked about earlier, where your brand is really who you are, especially as a photographer. You know, you're going out, meeting your clients. They get to know you. They get to experience what it's like working with you. Um, I would focus on that. So focus on your customer experience and start developing your brand there. And don't worry too much, actually, about. The graphics. I would make a very simple type-based logo. I'd pick a name that's your name or a variation of your name, um, so that you can have the personal branding. I think it's very big for photographers. Um, so you have Cassidy Brook. I work with my friend Kayla. Her business is Kayla Noreen Photography. So both of you guys did kind of. I don't know if it's your middle name, Cassidy Brook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so both of you did that. I feel like that makes a lot of sense, especially starting out. Um, you can always change your brand. I think it feels like very final decision. Um, but it also, uh, can be very paralyzing when you're like, what should I call my business? Like if you're thinking about it and it stops you from going out and doing a shoot, then you need to stop thinking about it and just decide to call your business, your name and pick a simple font, and three colors, and use those. (laughs) So I think that if you're starting and doing it, doing it yourself, you just have to be simple. And simple and clean will win over fancy and, you know, super artistic at any day of the week.
0: I'm picturing like chaotic is what I would describe my first few websites as. And it's funny when you talk about like being paralyzed by the name of it. So not a lot of people know this, but I actually started my business as Rogue Horse Media. And I thought I was going to just do video, which is kind of funny because at the time, like video was not big at all. I mean, yes, like YouTube was around and stuff, but Instagram was still just, you post a cute little square picture and you call it a day. I think... I don't even know if like IGTV was out, Reels were most definitely not out, TikTok did not exist yet, or it was maybe like Musical.ly or something, whatever it was before. And I remember spending hours and hours sitting on an iPad with an app called PhotoFox trying to like make this (laughs) most elaborate. I'm going to send you a picture of it if I can find it and you're going to absolutely die. Like, I mean, the most elaborate logo with like, it was actually a picture of my horse that I did some like crazy editing to, And it was I mean, the hours wasted, like if I would have, if I could get those hours back and would have instead spent that, you know, I could have in 30 minutes picked out three colors, some really simple fonts and made a quick website and then gone out and actually been, I don't know, doing photo shoots even for free and trying to, you know, get better at actual photography instead of spending, you know, two weeks making a logo that was honestly embarrassing. Uh, You know, just time not well spent and being paralyzed when I ended up changing my brand to Cassie Brook Photography anyways. And that logo is, I don't know, somewhere in the abyss of the internet, hopefully not to be found.
1: Well, yeah. And so like, it's not a bad name. It's not a bad idea. But what it was is a shiny object. So as business owners, I feel like one of the biggest challenges that I face and any other business owner I've ever talked to, um, it's called shiny object syndrome. And it's these things which are not directly tied to tangible business results. They are like these big mystical things that we feel like we must have in order to be successful. So other examples would be a beautifully designed office space that you can take selfie videos and look like everyone else on, you know, Instagram that you just covet the way their selfie videos look. You know, another would be the perfect camera setup with all of the gizmos and gadgets and things. And you're, you know, looking on Etsy for the custom bag for your lens caps or whatever. Okay, no. Those are shiny objects. And anytime you find yourself doing that, you have to say no. And then you have to look at what do, what is this in my business that I can do today? What can I do today that's going to get me closer to my goal? So whether that's like getting my first client or raising my prices or adding a service or, you know, building my following on Instagram or building my email list, like whatever those, those actual, actual milestones are that will get you closer to making more money, growing your business, hiring someone, you know, whatever your goals are. I I just think shiny object syndrome. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing for me. It, it really is for you Cassidy. With I know,
0: you know, I'm <laughs> guilty of that still, but I'm like, man, like if I would have freaking listened to this episode, um, you know, week one of me starting a photography business, it probably would have like helped me not waste like a year and a half of my life because again, like shiny object syndrome, I can't tell you how many boxes of business cards I spent hours or days designing to not hand a single one out. And I'm like, you know what, if I could go back in time or if I had a time machine and was like, Talking to myself in whatever 2017, 2018 about this, I would be like, you know what, you really need to be doing? You need to be making actual connections with real human beings. You need to go on Instagram. You need to find barns in your area. You need to reach out to people who look like your ideal client, maybe a 15 to 19 year old girl, and be like, hey, I'm just starting out in photography. I think you and your horse are so adorable. Would you be interested in doing a free photo shoot with me? And progressing my skills, getting better as at being a photographer and not wasting hundreds of dollars and hours of my life designing crappy logos, crappy websites, and printing business cards. I could have been out there doing the real work and actually, you know, like making myself go so much further, so much faster.
1: Well, yeah, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with making real connections with real people who are my target customer. Um, Yeah, that is golden advice. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your brand looks like or how hard it is for you to be found on the internet because if you are making real connections with real people, like that is all that matters at the end of the day. And so Cassidy's proof of that. However, in order to have a successful business that grows and, you know, makes it easy for people to hire you, you do need a brand that's clear and recognizable. And you do need a website that ranks on Google and makes it easy for people to figure out who you are and how they can hire you. Um, But yeah, honestly, at the end of the day, like if all you can do, if all you can afford is to go out there and be awesome and do really amazing work and you put all of your eggs into that basket, you still will be successful.
0: Absolutely. And then you can, you know, have the financial resources to hire somebody to do an amazing job for you. Um, 100%. So. I, I just can't like emphasize that enough. And like, I love this new, like, I don't think I've heard shiny object syndrome. I mean, I know I struggle with it and you obviously know I struggle with it, but I don't know if I've heard that term and it might be my new favorite thing. And I think I mean, I still, I'm still guilty of it. It's in a different, you know, I'm not wasting time printing business cards. Now we're making logos, but there's still things that I spend hours on. And I'm like, was that really moving the needle forward in my business? Was that really something that is impacting any part of my success in Cassie Brook photography, the equine photography Academy, or just my life in general? So uh, I'm going to like, write that down somewhere. And anytime I'm like, is this a good use of my time? I'm going to be like, is this shiny object syndrome or is this a good use of my time?
1: Yeah. I mean, we all do it. I actually think it's a form of like active procrastination, at least for me, um, because I feel like I'm being accomplished, even though it's not the thing that I know I should be working on. Um, but yeah, I love your point about, you know, starting with just going out there building relationships and maybe starting to earn money so that you can outsource these parts of your business down the road. I also think there, you know, another syndrome is that we think we need to have arrived. Like we have this picture of how we should be and, you know, what our business should look like, you know, how many clients we should have, you know, what our numbers should look like, but we skip over the part that's like how you get there yeah it's <laughs> like my business A to Dapple. Z yeah I mean I've had Dapple Bay for almost 11 years and wow. I didn't really view it as a business honestly it was more of like a fun thing that I did and was like a creative thing until two years ago and I was like you know what I owe it to myself to see if this can be a profitable business and so it I had that business that means for nine years without taking it seriously and without deciding, hey, this is not just going to be some sort of fun thing, um, but I'm going to start just small, right? Like it was not a big company. Gosh, even when you met me, I don't know how many um, followers I had on Instagram, but I don't think it was more than like 5,000. No, I don't think so either. I remember you your 10K, so it was definitely before that. Yeah, you were like a big influencer to me at that point um, when we started working together. But yeah, I started and had basically just talked to my husband. And he was like, look, you know, you spend so much energy on Dapple Bay doesn't seem to always make you happy. So I feel like you should either try to make it an actual business or maybe you shouldn't do it. And I was like, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I need to do it. But but anyways, the point being, like, I didn't get with Dapple Bay where I am overnight. Like this has been an intentional journey of Signing up for an online course, actually, first of all, uh, admitting what I didn't know about you know, how to have an e-commerce business, completely overhauling my business, hiring several experts once I could afford it to help me overhaul like my product selection, help me understand how to look at my data. Um, and so now, yes, I do have a successful business. And yes, my business is growing. And yes, it is financial financially viable. But um, it hasn't been an overnight thing. And just give yourself the grace of starting small and trusting that, you know, maybe in five years, you will have a gorgeous logo and website that you paid for. But you know what, that's not the biggest priority right now. Right now, it's to build your relationships, build your network, get your work featured, Um, work with brands, get it seen, um, hone your craft. And all of those phases are what will ultimately lead to that finished idea that's in, I think, all of our heads as business owners of, like, who we want to be. Um, I don't know whether to call that your, like, idealistic image of your, like, dream business. Um, But I think that that can also be a, quote, unquote, Shiny object.
0: Yes. Oh my God. You are like preaching the freaking good word right now, Leah. I love all this so much and I can relate so much. And I want to like address so now I talk about how I have a six figure photography business. And I don't say that at all because I'm like, oh, I'm so cool. I make X amount of dollars. I, when I first started out, I remember thinking that that was a completely unattainable goal and that equine photographers couldn't do that. So I want to say stuff like that as proof that if you keep going, because my first year in business, like I lost money. I think my like net revenue was like $8,000 and like, I can now make that at like two photo shoots for a week. And I'm not saying those things to be like, look at how cool I am. I'm like, hey, if you struggle and go through like the crappy, you know, years where it's like, oh my God, this doesn't feel like it's working. You too can have a very successful, very profitable business that looks how you want it to. But none of us started with that, you know, and we were just the ones who are successful are the ones who were okay with it being messy in the beginning and okay with not having the beautiful logo and the beautiful brand and figuring it out as they went. And like, there are so many more resources I feel like now for equine photographers than when I first started out. And you know, you said a big part of your success, like was buying a course and the same for me, I bought a course from a wedding photographer and there was so much in there that like blew my mind. And just admitting that I didn't know everything because, you know, I had a camera for like six months, so there was no way I knew everything (laughs) and being okay with that and being like, Hey, I don't know. And I'm going to learn from someone who does. And then just, you know, progressing along the way and developing, you know, little by little, but you don't get from A to Z directly. Like you got to go through, you know, B, C, D, E, F. I'm not going to even try and say the whole alphabet, but you know, there's so many like points along the way before you feel like you've arrived. And I don't know if you ever feel like you've arrived. Cause I still even like whatever, four or five years in still feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm just beginning.
1: Well, yeah. And I, I truly don't think that you ever feel that way, you know, in my former, um, life as I worked at a marketing agency. Um, so that was the bulk of my career before I, um, quit to work on Dapple Bay full-time. Um, but I would get to talk to business owners who are, you know, 50, 60, early seventies, they still don't feel like they've arrived. They still have struggles in their lives, in their businesses. Um, And I'm not going to say that everyone's faking it until they make it, (laughs) but I feel like that's a pretty um, common um, sentiment from anyone who has any level of humility. Yeah. Um,
0: I agree. The more people I think you talk to, and I think that's why, like I, part of the reason I wanted to start the podcast and why it's like kind of such a casual conversation type podcast, not super like rigid, just answer the question and Then I'm going to go to the next question because think like conversations like this, like you don't hear about it because you just see what you want to see online and people just post what they want you to see. So you see the final polished product and you don't hear the conversation about like, oh, this person who I thought had like made it still feels like they are just beginning. Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's hilarious because they might have arrived and, you know, I hope that all of you someday will feel like have this feeling that I have arrived at this thing that I've been working so hard at, you know, whether that's entering the show arena or, you know, having a child, you know, there's all sorts of accomplishments in life. But I think that all of us would agree that once you get to that point, you then start looking for the next thing. And so I I almost think it's the human condition Mm -hmm. of, you know, never being satisfied um, with ourselves or our surroundings or the things that we have. Um, but yeah, without getting like too, you know, spiritual, (laughs) I think that, um, the key to everything is truly in our relationships. And I'll keep saying that a million times over, um, because it's the people that you surround yourself with and it's how you treat people, um, that, that, are the key to success in life and in business. And I think being able to, both recognize where you're at, um, and be grateful for the journey, but also having that ability to vision for the future. It's like those three things in combination. Um, however, I, you know, know that, and I feel like I've probably listened to hundreds of podcasts that (laughs) explain that yet (laughs) I still struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard owning a business. Um, But I will say photographers and anyone who has a service-based business um, outside of your overhead, so meaning like your equipment and your travel, um, you have a very high profit margin. Um, Whereas with a product business like Dapple Bay, the amount of investment um, and risk that I take on um, with the products is far more substantial than any, um, (laughs) anything that you would face in a, you know, service-based business like photography. So it's actually a good business to be in if it's, you know, if you are starting a side hustle or don't have much capital to invest to start out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I started my business with a $400 camera and an iPad and a free app and so when people are like oh i'm waiting until i have the five thousand dollar you know camera and lens setup and i have the 27 inch like 4k iMac then i'll start my business i'm like oh no i started with a 400 camera and an ipad and no idea what i was doing so you could never you know i think one thing that i've learned from working with so many brands is people have no idea the risks that you guys take and how much you know you have to put up front without knowing if a single item from that product line is going to sell so i think you know, like you said, like starting a photography side hustle is so attainable now. It's, I mean, cameras are not that expensive and you can get used equipment. You can get, you know, an Adobe like subscription for 20, 30 bucks a month. Like it's just such an uh, attainable thing. I think it's something, if you even have like an inkling, like maybe I want to do equine photography, like freaking do it. If you can, you know, put the four to $600 up front for A DSLR basic entry level camera, like you can do just about anything.
1: Well, especially with video, too, because, you know, as social media changes and all I am posting are reels now someone please shoot me. I know. Same. I, you know what? Like twice in the last week, I have posted just a picture and I'm like, you know what? I
0: freaking love this picture and I'm going to post it because I don't want to post another reel. I don't want to scroll through and look for audio any longer. I'm just going to post this one. I posted a one black and white picture and I'm like, I don't care if this gets six likes, I'm going to post it anyways.
1: Good for you. I did post like a carousel. Um, and that did okay. But, uh, But yeah, video, Yeah, learn how to shoot video to take Cassidy's course and yeah, yeah, you will be marketable because brands need it. They do. And I love the idea, like with
0: adding video to my services, I basically could like make a significant amount more money in the same amount of time because I can do picture and video at the same shoot, like all happening at the same time and charge more because... Brands do need video. People want video. And it's a great way to like not have to spend more time doing something and still be able to make more money. That is some brilliant
1: business trickery right there. Yes,
0: 100%. All right, Leah, I know we have to wrap this up, even though I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like so much good stuff in here. And even though we talk all the time, I'm like, oh, I love this all so much. Um, You're gonna be a guest expert in the Equine Photography Masterclass Next Level Coaching Program. What are you going to be talking to all of those students about inside the class?
1: So basically I'm going to teach you guys about the how. We've talked about the why, so why you need a brand and you know why you need a website where people can find you and book your services and you know all the reasons why that's so important and kind of the top level of how to do that, but we're going to talk more specifically. Okay, I'm just starting out. I, you know, either want to work with a designer or I don't think I can afford one how do I actually do this? So we'll walk through my best practices for developing a brand and a website. That's- amazing. And I'm excited.
0: I mean, even though I'm at the point where you're doing this stuff for me, I love learning everything. So like, I'm excited. I, I think secretly I'm bringing you and Jenny in to do like guest expert trainings inside this, because I'm like, Ooh, I want to learn more stuff. Like I want all of this information. So like, I'm the most excited about it to be able to like sit in and learn from you guys too.
1: <laughs> well, same. I honestly, I'm like, I want to take the course, but <laughs> But for me, that's actually like a shiny object thing because, you know, You have me. so
0: many photographers to work with. I'm going to stop you and say, you don't need to take your own pictures. You have amazing, you have, and I'm not saying this as myself. You work with Kayla, who's amazing. I saw you just post, you were working with Jessica, who's amazing. And I can't wait to see the pictures from that. So I'm not letting you, I'm banning you from the course. <laughs>
1: okay well but little known fact about me is I actually started out doing some photography
0: I hope we never talked about this
1: yeah so when I was in college my like senior senior capstone project for my design program was a photo book it was like photos and stories of rescued horses So I went out and did these photo shoots, um, in exchange for the story of these rescued horses. And it was this really cool, amazing project. But yeah, after that, I was like, I'm going to be an equine photographer. Um, so I'll have to share uh, my photos. Like, I know, I feel like they weren't bad. They were like, um, I would take the photo against the sky. And so it was like the horse with a white background. Oh, wow.
0: Uh Yeah. I, I need to see those immediately.
1: Yeah, so they were actually like pretty awesome, and no one was doing it because that was like 2008. Really dating myself here, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I actually yeah, little known fact. Is I, I that. Photography.
0: Okay, all right, never mind. You're back in. I'll let you in. <laughs> I'll permit it, just for for your own enjoyment, though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was a time in my past. <laughs> you got what you needed to out of it. Exactly.
0: Well, Leah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you as one of our guest experts inside the next level coaching program. I can't wait to, you know, be a student of yours inside that class as well.
1: Awesome. I'm looking
0: forward to it. Right. Everybody. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Do you find yourself feeling completely overwhelmed every time you take out your camera to try and capture the magic you see all over social media? Do you struggle to get that beautiful golden hour glow in the pictures you're taking and spend hours trying to edit all to no avail? Does your mind totally blank out when you're at a photo shoot trying to pose someone? Or do you panic at the sheer thought of having to spend an hour and a half directing a client through a session? If any of these sound like you, keep listening. I can help. I created the Equine Photography Academy to be the resource to help equine photographers all the way from their day one to making their first six-figure year. Equine Photography Masterclass is here to give you the kind of rock-solid foundation in equine photography that will have you charging for your very first shoot or increasing your current prices so you can finally start making the money you want in your photography business. The doors are opening for the first time in a long time to the Equine Photography Masterclass on August 15th, but will close back up on the 19th. There is an exciting new live coaching program with industry experts who are ready to teach you the skills you need to make it all the way to the top. Don't want to miss out on this transformative masterclass. Go to the equinephotographyacademy.com to add your name on the wait list. I can't wait to see
1: you inside making all your dreams a reality.